Welcome back. I'm Kathleen. I'm Kim. And you're here for Uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversations, conversations with, with the K and K twins. Speaking of uncomfortable, you should see how technically inept we are. This is so every time, <laughs> every time. it's so ridiculous. Oh my gosh, this gets three tries. So this okay. is a miracle that we're even here. That we're with here. You. Just know that we are committed. Oh, we are so committed. So last time we <laughs> talked about the lack of objectivity, what, what leads like. to it, what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So um, this episode is going to be a little shorter. We're going to talk about some of the defense tactics that yeah. we use to avoid reality. Mm-hmm. Okay, to avoid dealing with our stuff in reality. So. And really what the, what, how lack of objectivity looks in our day-to-day, day-to-day lives, what it looks like in, in our behavior mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis. Right. So if any of these things, if you see yourself in any of these things, make note and go, okay, I, these might be things I need to modify, but you're not going to mm-hmm. see yourself in all of them, and that's right. okay. So yeah. don't feel, don't, don't, don't be tricked into thinking right. that you're not codependent because you don't meet all of them. <laughs> don't, don't be in denial. Right. Don't be in denial. <laughs> you're probably some of them. But again, yeah. we're working out of this book, Untangling Relationships. Yeah. It's by Pat Springle. Okay? So we just wanted you to see that. Okay. Um, so the first defense mechanism we use is one-way perception. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this uh, last episode as well. Because um, really... Most codependents are really perceptive people. We're mm-hmm. very good at it mm-hmm. because it was kind of it, it was a survival really? technique yeah. for us as children, especially. Um, so we're very perceptive. We can read moods. We can you know read your vibe. Yeah. We had to sometimes um, sense the mood of like if my dad came home, was he in a good mood, a bad mood? Is he quiet? Is he brooding? Yeah. Do we need to be quiet? Do we, is it okay if we play or make noise or whatnot? We had to constantly be reading the room. Yeah, we're great at reading people's body language yes, and indeed. modifying our behavior to fit in with them. Right. Um, but. That's a one way. <laughs> that's all we see. <laughs> we see others. Very yes. clearly, we do not see ourselves, which is typical of a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, but codependents especially, yeah. to a much higher degree. So I'm going to be very able to see your stuff. Oh, she's great. Let's but see I don't my see stuff. my stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's why I need her. I could, and I can say to her, that's like, you're totally triggered right now. Mm-hmm. And your response is way stronger than it should be. And right. she's like, what? what? Mm-hmm. So I feel what? like, I've always felt like, it's so funny because I think back, I just cringe now. When I used to say, oh yes, I'm so self-aware. Yes. You know, we're very, we talked so about this percent. last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really, I see my stuff and I'm really good at owning my stuff. No, no, no I was not. No. no, I did not see yeah. myself. So that's why we do, it's really good to walk this journey with yeah. someone that's safe, that you trust, that's mm-hmm. emotionally safe for mm-hmm. you. And that's why, again, we're such a gift and a blessing yes, to each absolutely. other. Because we walk through this together. And we had no idea that this was going to happen. No, I mean, we've known each other sure. for years. And, yeah. and this has only been the last couple of years that we've walked through this right? together. So. And figured this out. Mm-hmm. So, so we're doing this together. Quite a, quite a blessing. But and, and you may be doing this with a counselor or a therapist. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you may start a group. Um, and, and find somebody in there. But mm-hmm. be looking for somebody right. that you can be really authentic mm-hmm. and transparent with that will hold you accountable 
and tell you the truth in love, right? Accountability. Yeah. So maybe a book club. Yeah. Maybe a Bible study. Mm -hmm. Maybe just a couple of close friends. Yep. And you can do this by Zoom too. If yeah. you have people you can just Zoom mm -hmm. with. But it's 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 better in person, but um, you know, I have some friends that are live in other states, and so we've talked about maybe doing this virtually. Yeah. Uh, because you know, I know a lot of codependent people, but of course we do. But really, <laughs> we surround <laughs> ourselves with them. <laughs> we surround ourselves with people right? like us. And this this perception, this strong ability to hone in on people and perceive other people's issues, um, really, this is how we develop the ability to be people pleasers. Yes. We figure out what people want mm -hmm. and what they need, mm -hmm. and we try to give them that. that. That's mm -hmm. how we become. That's how we lose our identity, mm -hmm. to become what other people want us mm -hmm. to be, to keep them happy. Doesn't that sound crazy? It does sound crazy. I mean, really, to, we, lose, to lose your own identi right? identity, to make other people feel comfortable mm -hmm. around you, or to make you make sure you feel safe even. Extreme I mean, people pleasing. Yeah, in an abusive situation, yeah. to try and keep your own safety... Yeah. You would have to make sure that other person was happy. That could be emotionally safe or mm -hmm. physical physical safety. So right, yeah. And so we become what they want in order for us to 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 please them and gain approval from them. We may may want their approval. Um, so we become perceptive and people pleasers. But really, what we become is little puppets dancing on these strings. To, for the people that we want to please, yeah. you know, like because they pretty much control us. And again, we're just little, we're so desperate for mm -hmm. love. Yep, we're so desperate for love that we will do anything mm -hmm. to feel it, even if it's not real. And when I say that, I mean like we're not being authentic and we're not really being ourselves. So they don't really love us, um, right? But they love who they think we are mm -hmm. or who the the facade that we present yes. to the world. And there's something very raw. And vulnerable about really allowing ourselves mm -hmm. to be ourselves and be loved for who we really are and I think when we have the kind of childhoods that we may have had yeah. that we are so terrified that if someone really sees us really gets to know us they will reject us they will not love us we will not we will be found to be lacking we will not be good enough but the point of this healing process yeah. this healing journey is to get to the place where we're healthy enough to find people who will accept us for yes. who we are will love us unconditionally yes. and that we don't have to change for these other people right. to accept us and that's a, actually it's new in my life it is very new um but it's an amazing feeling but even when you started talking about that vulnerability like i literally felt pain in my stomach like it made my stomach kind of flip right uh, you know it's a really it's a real challenge and um i am in a, a relationship now where i get to be me i choose to be me but i also get to be me mm -hmm. all the time and, and it's, it's safe it's safe and, and it's beautiful it's, it is but it really feels uncomfortable sometimes because it's different mm -hmm. than any relationship i've ever had mm -hmm. and so sometimes she has to talk me down from the ledge because i want to run mm -hmm. um which is crazy who wants to run from something that's wonderful and beautiful mm -hmm. somebody who's been unhealthy, lived in an unhealthy, and broken. <laughs> unhealthy and broken. Yeah. So, but it's gosh, it's worth it. It is, and we're usually codependents are usually amazed when someone points out their blind spots, when someone points out how they can't see their own stuff. Right. So in the beginning, it was hard for Kim and I, yeah, to see our stuff. And so when someone pointed it out, we'd be like, when she would say to me, Kathleen, you know, you're really triggered right now, or you're not seeing this clearly, or that's a codependent response. I'd be like. What? Yeah, and that's the kind of stuff Is we say to really? each other. What? Mm -hmm. And then I think, okay, she, she's right. Let me think this through. If you're open to hearing truth, yeah. it will really. It's going to set you free. Well, it's going to help. We trust each other. So I know if she says that to me, mm -hmm. I need to listen. 
because I'm missing the mark. She's not gonna guide me wrong because she, again, sees things more clearly than I do for myself. So and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So if she tells me I'm having a really codependent reaction to something, mm -hmm. I go, whoa. I, I literally say, explain, show, tell me why, what, where, right? Which is different because the old Kim would have been like, no, I'm not. No, no. I mean, you don't yeah. tell me you're not the boss of me. <laughs> I still say that. I still say that. I still say that. And she is my boss, by the way, which is really funny. <laughs> but funny. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah. <laughs> We're bad. And Kim and I are both. Um, well, we'll get to the next one. The next one is emotional okay. walls. Oh. So we put up these emotional <laughs> walls. Yes. Okay. This is something we also both to do. Um, it when you build walls around yourself, it helps block out the pain. It yes. does, but it blocks out everything because you can't pick and choose what emotions you let past the wall. The wall is the wall, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you, you, it's all or nothing. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we're, we're unable to see how our actions and our words affect others around us. So the walls may, it seems like that it blocks the pain, but it blocks the good stuff. It keeps from it, us from experiencing those good emotions like love and warmth and acceptance and joy and all of those things. So we can become very unemotional. It makes us dead inside. It does. Really. And there was a period I went through that where I mm -hmm. felt like, I remember telling my friend, I just feel numb. Mm -hmm. I feel numb. I, I don't feel anything. And I'm scared. It scared me because mm -hmm. I didn't feel anything. No matter yeah. what happened, I was just like. It is scary because we're created with these feelings and with these emotions and these ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. So it's one thing to protect ourselves and not feel pain, but when you realize you don't even have joy, I mean, isn't that in part how you are when you're depressed? Right. Like really, yeah, I mean, sure. like, you know, you, you don't, you have the inability to feel anything. Mm -hmm. um, and so. Cause you're dying inside you know, when you get to a certain yeah. point. Yeah, so I think I yourself. probably was when I was in that place I was dead. I was probably depressed as well. Probably, me too. As I well. never thought yeah. about that, but I probably was. Hmm. And you know, this is why we say, Kim and I are both runners. Yeah. So when we get in relationships, <laughs> yeah. when things get uncomfortable mm -hmm. or, things, or, or if something gets too close or we think that there's the possibility of pain, like when she first started dating this new fellow, and he, he was so he was so good, mm -hmm. but he was getting close and he was accepting her and he was loving her for who she was. It was so uncomfortable uh -huh. when we we're not used to it. It's not our familiar dynamic. It's not dysfunctional. No. We're so used to dysfunctional that when healthy comes along, it is terrifying. It is foreign. It is it feels uncomfortable. And, and, she and her saying to me, I, 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 I can't, I've got, I've got, I'm done. I, I've yes. got to get out. I got, I said, this guy is fantastic. I love this guy. What are you talking about? He's different than all the others that you've dated. Um, I, you know, I'm like, just deep breathe through this. Breathe yeah. through this. She, she let's says, talk Stop. about it. Like, let's talk about she, it. What are you feeling? Why are you feeling this? What are you afraid of? We had to walk through this whole thing. I still do sometimes. Yeah. And then like just certain things happen and she's like, okay, that's it. I'm out. I'm out. Well, okay, let's... He did something nice one day, and I literally <laughs> tried to figure out how to get out of the moving car. She, like, how do I get out of the car and run in the opposite direction without getting hurt? It was crazy. That is uh -huh. not normal. When your response to loving, kind, generous right? behavior is to flee. <laughs> but that's what happens when you've had these mm -hmm. unhealthy relationships. When you get something that's healthy, yeah. it's... You don't even recognize it. Right. And it feels very unnatural. Very unnatural. And, it's you know, she did the same thing with me. 
uh-huh. with a guy. I was like, okay, uh, this is no, this is too much. I'm out. I'm out. I got. Like, I'm done with this. I'm done with this. She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Fine. Breathe. Just calm down. You We're t- not used to healthy. Yeah. So we had referred to a book in one of the previous episodes called "Women Who Love, love Too Much" by Robin Norwood. I believe so. I think it's Robin Norwood. "Women Who Love Too Much." We highly recommend it. It really segues well with yeah, this book, really Untangling does. Relationships. Um, it just matches it almost chapter for chapter. But in that book, she talks about how codependence, when you're in these... Pieces, yes, there you go. Up a little closer. I right? can't see. Yeah, there you go. Not quite that close. Okay. <laughs> okay, I can't okay. see. Sorry. Anyway, we don't like too much. So, <laughs> it talks about how codependent women... We have to learn, we have to teach ourselves how to be in healthy relationships, how to accept Mm -hmm. healthy relationships, Mm -hmm. how to receive love, and how to give love back in a healthy way. We are typically, like they talk about in a lot of these case scenarios, we are attracted to the wounded and the broken, mm-hmm. the bad boys, mm-hmm. the those that seem to need fixing. They've yeah, got issues. That are exciting. Right? That we think are exciting because they help us avoid issues, dealing with ourselves. Really, stuff. it's just creating drama. But it's it creates drama. It drama. does. And it prevents us. It's really a, a defense mechanism from dealing with our own stuff. Yes. But, but the thing is, we have to learn how to be comfortable in healthy situations. Yes. How to accept someone who treats us well. Well. We're not used to it. No. And we, we're like, oh, they're boring. They're boring. Well, no, they're not boring. They're just healthy and normal. <laughs> yeah. And there's no drama and chaos associated right. with it. There's not all the pain, all the rejection, right. all the controlling and manipulation. <laughs> so that's why so we... So we don't know how to function. <laughs> we don't. We don't. But it's I'm sad. learning. It's sad. But I'm really we are, learning. We are learning. Yeah, we are learning. We are learning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're learning together. Oh, mm-hmm. So she I know, sounds so great. Right? You're doing yeah, so we'll great. We'll see. We'll see. So yeah. we're trying to. So again, it's so important that if you have someone that you can walk this journey yeah. with, you've really got to have a, a true sounding board, someone that can mirror back to you truth. Yes. Because we don't see it always, uh, and we need it. So okay. Okay. So that's number two was emotional mm-hmm. walls. Yeah. Number one was one way perception. Mm-hmm. Number two is emotional walls. Number, number three. three. Number three is extremes. So that's where you see things as black and white. It's either 100 or zero. Like there's no in between. And so a lot of times these, when we are like that, we kind of live in chaos because we create these grandiose scenarios to, to function in these extremes, which is kind of crazy. Right. Um, but life is full of shades of gray. Um, we we don't actually have to live in chaos and, um, we live as codependents. We tend to live in an extreme or exaggerated form. Um, so a lot of times what we do is we choose our word, choose words that are more intense and more powerful because frankly, we like and want the attention, um, which is not healthy again, because we're desperate for love and acceptance. So we do these things that make us sound more interesting or exciting or or we say it has to be 100 percent, or it's oh it's always great or it's always terrible right everything's wonderful it's terrible it really isn't it's not one bad thing that happens in your day does not make a horrible day right um (laughs) life is ruined right it's really so dramatic but really that is how we are sometimes and so um we have to be really mindful that that's not actually healthy Right. Um, or real. That's not the truth. It's not the truth. So, like she said, the words that we choose, our actions that we choose, our attitudes, all of those things display certain mm. 
certain mindsets that get people it's a manipulation it's because we're trying to maybe elicit their sympathy mm-hmm. right maybe mm-hmm. we want to or attention or attention or compassion mm-hmm. or maybe it is to spur these people to action uh-huh. to manipulate them mm-hmm. so when somebody calls maybe a child calls her parents says oh mom dad i need money i can't pay rent this month and oh mom you just can't believe how unreasonable landlord is and they just give you all the sob stories but we never stopped to ask well what where did your money go mm-hmm. i did notice that you had that new coach purse but you didn't pay your rent so maybe before you buy the coach purse you pay your bills you pay your rent and everything first then you pay you buy your pretty things with the money that's left over. Right. Or so you let's save talk about, your money. Right? Or let's get... talk about responsible money <laughs> yeah. management. Yeah. We don't do that because they elicit these crisis scenarios mm-hmm. all the time. It's all high drama. Everything is extremes and exaggerations. So, you know, the sky is always falling because they're trying to manipulate. They're trying to get that attention and make you feel sorry for them yeah. and help them, rescue them. Save me, save me. And that's part of the right? codependent cycle is it that is. we do rescue We do. We do oh, want we to will. save them. We're enablers. Yeah. Because I can think of times and examples with parents and children, well, or just anybody, a friend. I had a friend who was constantly in crisis mode, but I noticed after a while, she made really poor life decisions. Mm. She just made bad decisions, bad choices. And then when the consequences of those bad choices came in the natural order of life, when those things happened, she would run around crying for help and people, oh, help me, help me, look what's happening. Everyone would rush to her aid. Well, nobody sat back long enough to look and see how she got into that situation. And I'm not saying we judge everybody's motives and we judge everything, right. but I'm just saying when this, you when you have a person mm-hmm. that, yes, patterns, mm-hmm. if you're looking at patterns of constantly in need, constantly in crisis, constantly needing to be rescued, it may be that that person is making bad choices and maybe they're doing it for the attention. They want to, they want to feel loved or, yep. or that someone's there to help yep. them. But maybe they need to learn how to stand on their own two feet and we need to stop enabling yeah. them. We're right. going to talk about that later, the savior yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. So, yeah, we're going to get to that. But but we often exaggerate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I can say, as a child especially, I really did that. I really wanted attention. <laughs> I really wanted attention. So Which we might be how seem, I am, too. Yeah, we just make situations but, seem worse yes, or wonderful. Or, you know? Yeah, but just everything. When they really are. I mean, I remember as a child... Telling people because I thought it was more impressive that my parents were like a doctor and a nurse, which is not right. But I mean, they were in the medical field, so somehow in my head, that just made it even better. You know what I mean? Um, and my parents are amazing. So why did I need to exaggerate? I thought it would get attention, and um, you know, I think sometimes as children, especially, any attention is good attention, right. um, especially if you feel like you're not loved and you feel like nobody really cares about you um, you are desperate to have somebody acknowledge you um, and pay attention and so exaggerating is a great uh, way to get that and feel met. more important yeah just give yourself a sense of importance or or you know impress people yeah um, but it really causes others to be more concerned than they might be if you just told them the truth and what it's the situation not true. was. You know, I bought this coach purse and now I can't yeah. pay my rent. Any way you could, you know, spot my rent. Right. No, take the coach purse back. But you know what I'm saying? So, right. But really, our, our, the work that we're doing here is to be healthy. And healthy uh-huh. people have boundaries. Healthy people don't rescue people who are... Mm-hmm. Healthy don't people enable. don't exaggerate. You know what? The truth is good enough. Right. The truth you know, is good. That, we don't have to exaggerate because really, 
we're already great, right? Um, so when you know what I mean, when you when you already know who you are, the truth is just the truth. Um, but yeah. sometimes when we're in that healthy place, we don't we don't know that, right? And if so, if you think you know, contrast us with healthy people. Healthy people understand that there is good and there is evil that exists at the same time. Yeah. Um, they exist in tension with each other, but they're you know, there's both good and bad in the world. Yes. Not everything's horrible. Not everything's wonderful. Right. There's just usually that kind of in between. Some things are bad. And those are that's most of the time, right? Most exactly. of the time is the in between. It's the shades of gray. But codependents give up one to embrace the other, to for an end purpose, for yeah. you know, like attention or to right. impress or get right. sympathy, um, and that leads to that black and white thinking, that extreme thinking. Um, so, but this exaggerated view of the world tends to lead to these emotional swings. Yes. Oh, everything's wonderful. Oh, everything's, everything's so great. Oh my gosh, life is ending. You know, it's just so yeah. awful. So yeah, the, the sky is falling. You know, chicken yeah. little honey penny thing. So for sure. Um, this, so yeah, let's. Can we go to the next one? Because this is a. This, this is a big one. Yeah. Yes, this go is ahead. an important one. Yeah. I'm gonna let you start. No, I'm gonna let okay. you start. It hurts. This one hurts. I know it does. So this is critical. Um, believing the unbelievable. As codependents, we're so desperate to create the image, or even to believe in our own minds that we have a great relationship, a great marriage, great kids, yes. you know, great parents, whatever the case may whatever be. false reality is. Exactly. <laughs> so not only do codependents distort the truth, but we're also likely to believe others' distortion of the truth. The dysfunctional person that we're in this cycle dance or the circle dance with, we will believe their lies, right? So... For instance, like when a cheating spout cheats and they get caught and they swear they'll never do it again, but they've done it over and over. We tend to want to believe the words because we want to hope. We, we desperately want to grab to that hope that that dysfunctional person is going to change and everything's going to be better. Life is going to be better. Our marriage is going to be better. Our family's going to be better. He's never going to cheat again. I'm so happy. She's never going to drink again. Oh, she's done drinking. She's never going to drink again. And yet... The pattern of behavior has demonstrated over and over that that's a lie. The words and actions don't match. They do not match. But we want to believe it so bad. We do believe it. But and it's not true. It's, and it's really, and I would, you know, I dealt with this a, a lot and I would go, why, why am I surprised? <laughs> why am I surprised that he said he was going to do something and didn't do it? And um, I really wanted to believe. I wanted to believe the best. Uh, of him and and I remember one of my kids said to me once why do you believe anything he says he never does what he says he's gonna do and exactly. I was like like it was shocking to me I was like why do I believe it he never does but I literally couldn't see the reality that was right in front of me and that's when I started having um a new perception in my mind where I started going okay words and actions have to match which sounds very basic, like everybody should think that, but I did not require that in my life. I did not require words and actions to match. That is something I now require. And when words and actions don't match, I'm out. Um, and it doesn't matter who it is. Like, okay, nobody, nobody's going to be in close relationship to me if their words and actions don't match. I'm no longer going to believe the unbelievable. Right. So we want so much to believe the promises yeah. are true that we completely deny the obvious obvious patterns 
that continue to be repeated over oh, and mm -hmm, over. Mm -hmm. And this dysfunctional person's life that we're entangled with. It happens over and over. I don't know why we believe it, but we do. Well, it's it feels, crazy. It feel, it, I, I don't know. It's, I think it's that sense of hope. Like, oh, it's going to get better, which is part of the denial. The denial. It's, it's denial. all. It's mm -hmm. like it's all intertwined. So we really have a hard time looking at the behaviors and ignoring the words. Yeah. Just forget about the words. See what they do. See. Yeah. I need action. both. I yeah. need words mm -hmm. and actions to yeah. match. That's a decision I made. That's a boundary I right. have decided for me. I need words and actions mm -hmm. to match. And we just deny the reality. The reality that's going on right in our lives, like mm -hmm. right in front of us. Mm -hmm. We just deny this happening. Yeah. Right. It's so crazy. It it's is crazy. crazy. And it's so, crazy making. It is crazy making because mm -hmm. it makes us think we're nuts. Yeah. But it can when that hope. We clean, kind of we're evaporates clean. when yeah. we see it happening again for the umpteenth million time after they promised it wouldn't. It can kind of, it can turn to bitterness and it can turn to resentment, sure. but we turn it on ourselves, yeah. not on them. So instead of being angry with them, we turn it inward or to other people. That's true. You know, that's hurtful. Because I remember when um, my ex-husband had was a serial adulterer, he had several affairs, but I remember. So I she's mean, some pieces uh, over yeah, that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but. I remember a friend saying to me, Kathleen, you're developing a spirit of bitterness and you need to check that because if it continues this way, it's going to destroy you. You've mm -hmm. got to let this go. That was a reality check for me because I realized in that moment that I had become very bitter. Mm -hmm. I was bitter and angry and just ugly. So I had to realize that I needed to do something. I needed to change. I needed to get out of that pattern. He was not going to stop cheating. That's who he was. That was his own wounds and his own issues that needed to deal to be dealt with. And he never did. I, I, it just continued to other relationships he went to um, that he had. But it wasn't my fault. And it wasn't something that I could fix or change. And that is crazy making for a mm -hmm. codependent mm -hmm. who thinks... You know, getting involved with a narcissist, thinking we're going to rescue them, we're going to fix them, we're going to change them. Because mm -hmm. they make us believe that. Oh, I've never loved anyone the way I loved you. Yeah. I've never felt about anyone the way I felt about That's... I feel about you. You're the only one that understands me. You're the only one I can talk I to. I need you. Yes, we feel very, very special. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we just... And they tend to want to rush the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. They want to artificially mm -hmm. progress Press, it. Mm -hmm. To a point of intimacy where, and you may that not is even not be comfortable with that, but they push, they and push, push, and make push you feel boundaries. like something's wrong with you right. because you're not willing to do it. So yes. then we start going, well, oh, well, maybe I am. Being, oh, they love us so much that we know. Yeah. They love us so much. Yeah. They don't. What they're trying to do is gain control. Yeah. They're trying to gain control. So what starts out as you are the most important person in the world. Mm -hmm. Their sole attention is focused on you. And who doesn't love that? Right. We bask in that kind of that attention. We're so that's desperate for that. Please. <laughs> they make you feel like you're the center of the world. You are the most interesting, the most beautiful, the most desirable person in the beginning. Then once they have you, yeah. and a lot of times they will rush you, mm -hmm. into, like I said, into the relationship mm -hmm. to a point where, you know, a healthy relationship develops. It progresses naturally. Progresses naturally. Yeah. And you have certain points where emotional and um you know intellectual and physical intimacy happens at points in the relationship that's a natural progression mm -hmm. they try to rush that because they want to take the relationship to a more committed a more um i want to say stranglehold but uh, you know that's kind of, i mean a, that's what they're doing though but to a to a place where it really isn't yet but it makes you feel good about it yeah. but that allows them then to really get control of that situation mm -hmm. and then things start changing yep. then they start 
belittling you or they start making you feel a certain way. Like I remember my ex saying to me, um, oh, I don't know what you would do without me. Are you, I can't believe, you know, I don't know how you'd survive without me. And they do tend to want to be the center of your universe to a certain extent so that they can get away with everything they want to yeah. get away with. They don't want you to question them. They don't want you to stand up for yourself and you lose yourself. So yeah. those are the kinds of things that exactly. should be red flags mm -hmm. in a relationship, mm -hmm. believing the unbelievable. Mm -hmm. There's nobody, I don't care how great you are, how wonderful you are, there is a natural, healthy progression, progression mm -hmm. of a relationship. And when they're rushing that, that's a yeah. red flag. And when you are letting them get away with behaviors over and over again and when the and the words and the actions are not matching um when they fail to keep their promises mm -hmm. when um when you find yourself getting bitter you know that you are believing the unbelievable and you got to walk away you yeah. got to get away from that yeah, so absolutely um so the fifth one number five so um the, the third one was extremes and exaggerations number four was believing the unbelievable um defense tactic five is daydreaming yeah. which i thought was so interesting i'd never thought about this mm -hmm. i had a very active imagination and daydreamed when i was a child mm -hmm. and i think some of that was just because i i, I was so empty I, I lacked so much, and so I'd have these um, these amazing fantasies mm -hmm. that were very detailed sometimes about how I was the hero. I was going to somehow save See, the day I said that and get recognition. You were so creative. And maybe, but you know what? I would create these yeah, elaborate yeah, storylines where I mean, I could work escape, myself up emotionally. Escapism. You know, <laughs> escapism. It is. Yeah, it's a protection from reality. Mm -hmm. You know, from the constant criticism of how I could never measure up. I was never good enough to where I was the hero. Yeah, or. Maybe in a situation where you had a bad relationship with, for my case, an emotionally unavailable man, narcissist, could do no right by the end. Yeah. Um, I would fantasize about meeting, you know, leaving Bill and, and meeting a man who was so tender and but strong and just loved right, me. Right. Oh, he adored me. Oh, we had the best relationship. People were so Ooh, envious of our relationship. Wait, 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 you know? Wait. Is this why? Is this why people, women specifically get caught up in like romance novels and stuff? That could is that, very well be. Like, I, don't I don't know. know. I've never, I've point. never been into them. But what do you that think, sounds, guys? That doesn't that sound like like escapism? Like, right? I don't like it the does. world I'm living in, so mm -hmm. I'm gonna get swept. I don't know. Just a thought. Right. So daydreaming is a way to avoid um, reality and maybe escape abuse or neglect. Yeah. Or maybe just to escape the control of a dysfunctional person in your life, like my mm -hmm. mom's constant criticism. Okay, so they reflect, our daydreams can either reflect the worst case scenario, mm -hmm. like disaster and drama, like the worst thing that could happen, you know. Interesting. Um, or a really thought. grand, grandiose, glorious, yeah. best possible scenarios, right? Um, so... But these really, the fantasies, the daydreams, they really reflect the codependence, buried hurt, yeah. our desire for affirmation, desire for um, love and acceptance, or the fear of being hurt again, the fear of rejection. Um, and they avo it avoids the real issues. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it doesn't allow us to actually work through the things that are real. It, it's, the, it's kind of another form of denial. You're just um, in this constant state of altered reality. Right. And so you're wasting your time and you're, you're emotionally invested in something that's not real. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times people live in this fantasy world where they're going to create this amazing life, but they do nothing toward it. They take absolutely no action. Mm -hmm. So it really is just a waste of time. And I think there's a, I think there's a great place. I think there's a place for dreaming. Right. Um, but it needs to be 
backed up with action and mm-hmm. come a from a place of health again doing things from a healthy for a, a healthy perspective mm-hmm. versus an unhealthy perspective because if it's really just i mean daydreams are going to typically or fantasies are going to focus on either your hopes and your successes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or your fears and yeah. your um losses mm-hmm. right yeah. so maybe a child who has a drug addict or an alcoholic parent that's not available to them will dream about maybe being taken away or adopted yeah. or who knows what, you know, or, or marrying someone who's going to provide that, you know, that kind of a relationship right. for you. So, um, but the interesting thing about these kinds of daydreams and, and the time and energy that we can put into those is that it really is a waste. It is a waste of our time and energy because we could be putting those things, that, that time and energy towards healing. Yeah. Towards growth. Exactly towards dealing healing. with our stuff. Mm-hmm. So I know, for instance, my ex-husband was always, always after one get-rich-quick scheme after another. He didn't really want to work for it. But all <laughs> these things about what we were yeah. going to do when we were rich. Yeah. What we were going to do when the house How we were going to buy and all these rich. things. What was it? He was always coming up with these schemes. He's kind of, I don't know, he was involved with some, I don't know, not pyramid things, but whatever. And it was just going to always, you know, make a, you know, make us change your life. Right? Yeah. Um, but that never came to fruition. But if he, if he had spent that time and energy in really furthering his career and what he did and just working, you know, for what he wanted, yeah. we may have gotten, you know, whatever, and, gotten I don't farther. Know, maybe but. even managing what he had So, so those are things that I, and the daydreaming one was one, like I said, that really caught me off guard. I didn't yeah. think about that. So that's interesting it's, I think to it's me, just a so. form of escapism. I think so too. I yeah. think you're right. So, um, anyway... So just kind of to sum these up, think yep. about those five. We'll just review them again real, real quick with you, and you can be thinking about Here, those. You know what? I actually wrote them down. Oh, go ahead. So I'll re- I, I, my eyes are old. So okay, I'm so, so right sorry. ahead. But I tried to, like, synops- like make it into a little synopsis. So there are several ways that we lack objectivity, and it manifests itself in our lives in a few different ways. Specifically, we talked about five. These are defense so, mechanisms. Exactly. So the first one is our one-way perception where we can see other people's problems very clearly and the solutions, um, but we can't see our own. Defense mechanism number two was the emotional walls, where we those keep us from experiencing emotions, the bad ones, but also the good ones, like love and warmth and intimacy and joy. It, t- it shuts us down. Number three was extremes and exaggeration, where it's all or nothing, black or white, or we exaggerate to impress people or, or make ourselves, or make people feel sorry for us. Manipulate. Mm, control, see? Mm-hmm. See? Um, defense mechanism number four, believing the unbelievable, which is basically just denying the obvious. Think, think about relationships in your life and if you have some of those. Yeah. Think about that because that's an important one. And. Number five is daydreaming, which I wrote is just basically living in a fantasy world. I mean, everyone daydreams a little bit. Oh, what if I win the lottery? Yeah. It, it's when you spend a lot of time you're living in a fantasy reality. World. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You kind of live there. So, um, so we hope you're finding these helpful. Next time we're going to talk about blinders. Ooh. And blinders are just those things that restrict or limit our um, ability to view life objectively. Mm-hmm. So we all have blinders. We do. We're going to talk about those. So um, 
If you enjoy this, if you're on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to yeah. us. Click subscribe below and maybe share this with a friend or family member that you think needs to learn more about COVID. And if you have a question, so, feel free to post it right yeah, there in the comments. post it in the comments. Thanks, you guys. Appreciate you joining us. Come, um, we're just happy that you're coming along to our for our healing journey. Come along for the ride. That's right. We'll see you next time. Thanks.